What's going on and welcome to another episode of the While We're Young podcast. My name is Tyler Smith. I am your host here. I'm 19 years old. If you're new to the While We're Young podcast, the While We're Young podcast aspires to inspire the younger generation to live a more developed, more mature, more personal relationship with Christ through discussions, uh, through all kinds of means to where we can just sit down and understand and be more uh, developed in our faith. Today we have a really special guest. Not so special. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, Kevin Hatcher is a mentor. He is a really good friend of mine, and uh, I really, I really love you being in my life, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, he actually, we kind of been discussing about him being on a podcast. He, uh, he's actually been the one like drilling into me to be on it because he he wants to, and I look, I love that. I want him to be on it because his story, I've heard of it, and um, it's just been uh, an impact to me hearing it. And I feel like it could be an impact to others as well. Well, Kevin, tell me about yourself. All right. Well, my name's Kevin Hatcher, as you well know. I've <laughs> <laughs> been a member of Northcrest Baptist Church for a pretty good long time. Got saved in 1984. What age were you when you got uh, saved? I was 11 years old. Okay. Because, uh, and that does tell my age. Uh, I'm 40. You don't look it. I'm 47. Now. You don't look it at all. Well, Maddie Heiser, who is our... Church intern? Intern yeah. at the church. She, she's uh, a big supporter of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so when she's watching, I just want her to know that she does tell me that I'm old all the time. Yeah, I don't think you look old yeah, at well, all. I appreciate right. that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, so got saved in 1984. Um, lived like, you know, an 11-year-old would in church. Did what I was supposed to yeah. do. Um, didn't necessarily read my Bible or pray like I was supposed to do. I mean, 11-year-olds, that, yeah, that's how I was. my faith. And so uh, graduated high school in 91, ended up going off to Mississippi State, and totally fell away from God. Mm-hmm. Like just a total um, um, backslider, fall away from God, life, and then got married in 96, the same month I graduated. Ended up back in church um, at a Methodist church, was, which was where my wife grew up. Mm-hmm. Went there for a, maybe a year or so, and then uh, she got pregnant with our first child, Leslie. And Leslie, uh, I wanted Leslie to grow up in an environment that was different than a small church could provide. Because I grew up at Northcrest where the environment was always right. exciting and big, you know. So we ended up changing our membership over back to Northcrest. I had been gone for about five years, I guess, um, and really started to weigh heavy on me as far as how I had lived for that last five years um, and began to uh, rededicate my life back to back to Jesus. Right. Um, and uh, I won't say I got saved again, but I did get saved um, Right. After that, so mm-hmm. probably about um, I don't remember a time and a day that mm-hmm. time before it was August 11th, 1984. But the second time it was about 1999 when I made that decision that I kind of like a restoration decision, it was more of a restoration, yeah. But I went ahead through baptism just in case, you know, right? But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, 100% now there's no, mm-hmm. no doubt there um, that I'm saved, and both of my children have been saved. I have two daughters. Uh, be married 24 years next month, the 28th. Hey. <laughs> Just so make sure everybody knows. I yeah. don't forget. <laughs> That's why you get married around Christmas where you can right. remember it easy. And then you get to you you give gifts. Combined. Yeah. yeah so, like, it's <laughs> awesome. You only have to buy, you know, for one, one occasion. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, so in your story, um, of course, I think that's a really, I honestly think that's a common story for a lot 
a lot of people, especially in the Bible Belt. Yeah. In the Bible Belt and with people who have been raised up in the church because that's kind of the norm. Hopefully it keeps being the norm. It's not a bad thing for it to be the norm. Right. But for it to be the norm, it happens to a lot of people where they, you know, casually kind of drift away from the faith. Yeah. And, well, and I think that's somewhat the church's fault because we sign people up on a car yeah. and we run them through the baptismal waters and we say, you know, hey, look, here's your Christian life. And then we just don't disciple anybody. Right. And it can make a big um, void in someone's life right. when you're treated that way because, and Northcrest doesn't do that now. We're very serious right. about discipling people and young people, you know, in our youth group. Um, we've got D-Now groups about to start, and we're going to carry those kids all the way through to their senior mm-hmm. year. And uh, that's an amazing thing to be able to do right. for kids rather than just filling out a card. Right. Well, let's let's dig a little deep into your story. Um, you know, so you went to college, right? Yeah, Mississippi went to State. Mississippi State in ninety one, ninety three, because I went to MCC first. Right. Yeah. So what what degree were you chasing? Um, originally, um, and this is part of my testimony, is originally I was in mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, I did okay, you know, I, to begin with, um, until I started uh, hanging out with the wrong crowd and. And the bad influence kind of got a hold of me, and I ended up changing my major over to the same as what your dad got a major in, industrial right. technology. Yeah. <laughs> um, and could have even had classes with your dad. I right. don't remember. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. actually meet Rob until, which is Tyler's dad, um, yeah. and he, uh, until after Peppy and I married, because right. him and Peppy went to school together. But And Peppy's my wife, by the way. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, graduated in 96 with an industrial technology degree and went straight to work. Right. Graduated December, I don't know, 7th or 8th and went to work January the 3rd mm-hmm. and got married uh, right all in like three weeks. Eventful, eventful weeks. <laughs> so my dog got run over in the road that we. Oh, that, that, yeah. That. Uh, motor in my Jeep blew up, threw a rod out the bottom of it wow. that week. Um, like kind of stressful. in three weeks. Yeah. Um, and as I go through my testimony, you'll kind of understand what yeah. I think God was trying to tell me yeah. at the end there. So Let's get into it. Let's dig into it. Yeah, so um, I wanted to make uh, give this testimony because I'm, I haven't ever done it publicly. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't give testimonies like this publicly sometimes because you feel like they're embarrassing or yeah. you feel like that you might have sinned so much people wouldn't look at you as a, Christian anymore because you know I'm a deacon in the church. I've served as chairman of the deacons. I'm, you know, great friends mm-hmm. with the pastor. I mean, you know, to say the things I'm about to say, you think, oh man, people are not going to look at you the same. Yeah. But I'm done with that. Like this is what happened. Kids are going through this now, and I want you to know. You know, I want people to that listen to this podcast to know that it's not okay to do those things. But there is a way out, right. and there is forgiveness afterwards. And so initially when I went up to Mississippi State, um, didn't have any friends, um, didn't have an influence enough uh, in my life to say, hey, you need to go to the Baptist Student Union, you need to get plugged into a church somewhere, you, you need to, you need to mm-hmm. type influence. Yeah. So I didn't have that. Um, and so uh, what ended up happening is I made my own choices about who I allowed to influence me mm-hmm. at school. And uh, those choices were not very good, to say the least. Um, I began uh, to make friends with people that drank, and that's how it kind of started. Is started drinking alcohol every night, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with my roommate and with a couple friends down the 
down the road there in the apartments we lived in, um, started drinking alcohol every night. Mm -hmm. Well, then I needed a job because I was paying for my own college. So I got a job at a what they call a um, durable, um, I, don't know, I don't remember the name of it. it <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of the, the store, but it, it was like home health stuff. Like right. Wheelchairs, mm -hmm. walkers, beds. Got a job as like a, re rehabilitation kind of stuff. Yeah, they called it durable medical equipment. That's what oh, okay. it's called. Yeah. DME, durable yeah. medical equipment. Um, got a job there and uh, needed some money. I had to pay the rent. You know, mm -hmm. nobody was helping me. I was paying college on student loans and working for food basically. Right. Um, and so I got a job there, um, but the influence there was. Um, was worse than any of the influence with the alcohol. Mm. And I say that because 100% of everybody that worked there uh, were drug users. Yeah. And so it started out with, you know, hey, man, come out to the house today. We're going to go fishing at the catfish pond or whatever. So I'd go out there, and, you know, they'd roll a joint or whatever, and we'd smoke a joint mm -hmm. while we were catfishing. Um, and I'm just being totally raw. Like, Be real, bro. What it is. Mm -hmm. It is what it is, right? And so started, you know, with that. And then I met a guy, uh, we'll just call him W. Mm -hmm. You know, W uh, was my best friend in the world. Like, we hung out together every single day. We went everywhere together. Um, but the problem with W is W was a drug dealer. Yeah. And so now by meeting W and becoming best friends with him, uh, I had access to the most evil thing that I had in my life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, way worse than alcohol because I was smoking weed every day and I didn't have to buy it. Right. Um, and I was also getting exposed to other things um, in addition to the weed because mm -hmm. he was a dealer. So right. there were things available, you know, at times. Um, and then the place I worked, I found out, kept drugs in the back shed for employees to use mm. while we're delivering this equipment. So you become stressed, you just run out there and smoke you a bowl of weed and yeah. you feel a lot better and then you're, hey, I'm out driving on the road, you know, mm -hmm. which is it's just not a good thing. Yeah. Um, but these influences were in my life and when you started your podcast I was like, man, I, you know, these, these influences that I had in my life, people need to think about this and, and hear about this and understand what these influences will do to you mm -hmm. um, and so as these influencers affected who I was as a person and I'm, I'm smoking drugs every day um, I, there was an instance where one of the older guys that I worked with at the DME store asked me to go out with him that night <clears throat> like go just drive around drinking beer or whatever so we did and it was late I don't remember what time but he's like hey can you go over such and such corner I need to talk to a guy I was like yeah whatever you know so I drove I was driving a jeep Drove my Jeep over there, and this guy's standing on the corner. And uh, my buddy, I'll just call his name T, T got out, and he talks to this guy for a few minutes, gets back in the truck. And I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe he just bought some more marijuana, you know, because right. that was really what I was around the most was alcohol and, and marijuana. So how many years has this been to this point? Ed? This is probably about year two. Mm -hmm. of my threes being spent up there. Right. So I've been in this for a good year and a half now. I've been drinking every day, um, smoking weed, which I didn't pay for, but I still smoked right. it every day. Had intermittently smoked some speed from time to time mm -hmm. because they had it at 
the DME store, mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know what it was, so I just did it, you know, yeah. type deal. But the marijuana and the alcohol, it had been probably a year and a half right. of that first two years I had been up there. And so, um, anyhow, T gets back in the truck and um, in the Jeep, and uh, he's like, go over to the Texaco on the corner, such and such, and park for a minute. Okay, whatever, you know. So I drive over there, and he pulls something out of his pocket. And uh, I won't be elaborate on the illustration of this, but back then you could take a Coke can and make a drug pipe out of it. Right. Um, and so uh, T got the Coke can and made a drug pipe out mm -hmm. of it, and he opened up a Ziploc bag, me thinking it was going to be marijuana, and it was crack cocaine, which mm -hmm. I had never done before. And it was fairly new back then. Like, crack had come out as the new drug of choice, and it was highly addictive, and people were ruining their life with it back then and still are now. Hmm. Um, and so I'm sitting behind my steering wheel thinking, okay, now what? Yeah. I knew the difference between right and wrong. Um, the drinking alcohol and marijuana had really, in my opinion, never hurt anyone, even though it unintentionally mm -hmm. caused harm to other people. Um, but this crack cocaine could change my life. Right. Like literally make me an addict, make me never have a family, just totally mess everything up. So I'm sitting in the steering wheel, and for some reason, like God is is still speaking to me. Like I thought God had long abandoned me because I was doing these alcohol and drugs um, daily. And he puts the crack on the on the coke can that we had made and he says you want the first hit and i'm like no tell you go ahead it's you man and so he take takes his lighter and when he tries to light it he realizes that it's soap because back then people would sell you ivory soap and it looked yeah. just like crack and you wouldn't know until you tried to light it right well it was like the weight of the world was lifted off of my shoulders you know and I'm sure I was drunk and or high at the time, but I'm like thanking God mm -hmm. that I didn't get have to take a hit off of this crack because I mean I could have ended up a beggar on the street right. and that stuff, you know. And so um, that kind of ends. I don't go out with Tony T anymore. Um, I got that out of feeling too. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, don't Just, go out with T anymore. He he may not even be alive anymore, but yeah, uh, T and I split ways and the reason we split ways is um, about a month and a half after that the federal uh, marshals came in and put T in prison for growing marijuana right. uh, on a massive scale in his house which I personally didn't know about mm -hmm. but um, and he was also producing moonshine mm -hmm. um, so uh, T was no longer around and I was thankful because I didn't smoke crack and I was thankful that T had gotten taken out of my life so that I wouldn't be tempted to do those things anymore. So then move on about six months. I'm still hanging out with W. W and I are still smoking weed every day and drinking beer and whiskey. Um, and then my wife and I, Pepe, got engaged. This is my last semester of college. And she doesn't know I've been smoking weed. Now, we both drank. But yeah. she didn't know I had been doing drugs, mm -hmm. and nor was I planning on telling her. I was just mm -hmm. going to marry her and let her find out later, you know. And 
I was still in the back of my mind hoping that God was going to take it away because I didn't know how to get out of it. I'm not an addicted person, really, right. per se. Even though I did it every day, I, even at that time, I felt like, man, I could just set this down, but I don't want to. Hey, know, what's, the, what's the point? What's the point? It makes me feel good. I want to do it. Um, it takes the stress away, the world away. I don't have to worry about it. Because it became normal for you almost. It was very much normal. But then I began to worry, okay, well, what's going to happen when I graduate? Mm-hmm. I've got to get a job, and they're going to do a drug test because that was a big thing back then. It still is now, but back then they had just started doing drug tests. So I knew I was, I was going to somehow have to test negative to get a job or my wife right. was going to find out, you know. Um, well, anyway, uh, so Peppy and I are engaged. I wake up one morning and I go over to Wayne. I tell her I'm going over to Wayne's house. So I go go over to W's house. You're going to have to cut that too. <laughs> go over to W's house and um, his grandmother answers the door. And I said, Where's W? You know, is he around anywhere? And she's like, W's gone. I said, What do you mean he's gone? What happened to him? And she said, he moved to Corpus Christi, Texas last night. And I'm like, he didn't call me. You know, we've been friends for two and a half years. He, he didn't even tell me he was leaving. And she's like, he didn't tell anybody. He was packing his stuff last night, and I asked him where he was going, and he said, Corpus Christi, and I ain't coming back. Well, all of a sudden, my drug dealer's gone. Kevin doesn't have enough guts to buy drugs because so, I don't <laughs> want to go to jail, right? Even though I could have for smoking it, too, but in driving too stupid to realize that I guess but W's gone and so I don't have access to it anymore and so now T is gone W is gone I forgot to mention a couple of months before this I had gotten fired from my job for arguing with the office manager um, Yeah. so that was gone all of these things that were producing these influences in my life that had corrupted my mind, my heart, my actions for almost three years, all of a sudden within a three-month time frame were taken away. And man, there ain't a person on this planet that won't convince me that God didn't do that. Because God took all that stuff out of my life. Mm -hmm. Like an instant, he took it away. And so now I can graduate college, I can take a drug test and pass it, I don't have to tell my wife that I've been smoking dope for three years, you know, two and a half years, and we can be married and live happily ever after. Um, Now, there was a lot of damage done Mm -hmm. in those two and a half years, and that's something I really want for you and I to talk about today is that damage that can be um, produced through bad influences Mm -hmm. um, and how good it can be when you're influenced by the right people. So. That's my testimony. Um, you know, it's not for everybody. And, and so to to end, you know, your testimony, you came back after, you know, all of the stuff was removed after your life, and you said that a little bit. How many years after that were you kind of so restored? So we went to the Methodist church, you know, for about, it really was probably more than a year. I bet it was almost two years because, no, it would have been even longer than that because we didn't get uh, – Peppy didn't get pregnant for like four years after we were married, and then Leslie was born, and we were still at that church. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a dead church. Yeah. Like it, they didn't evangelize. There were one or two or three kids there. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any youth, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it was probably a good six years after 
getting married that Leslie became two years old. Mm-hmm. And when she became two, one and a half or two, I decided my daughter is going to grow up in an environment that is conducive to her learning right. and putting the Word of God in her heart, being around others that can influence her and mentor her. Cause she's not going to get it at this church. Mm-hmm. So that's when we moved back to North Crest. Um, I rededicated at that point. Um, so really, man, it was probably a good six, seven years in between the time that I went down a bad road right. before I got back truly on track. Mm-hmm. Um, rededicated, re- restored my relationship with Jesus, um, got baptized, uh, almost immediately began uh, to be a deacon in the church. Um, a couple of years after that, served as chairman of the deacons, you know, church treasurer, finance committee, right. baptism. I'm just all of the above, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you mm-hmm. can list, Sunday school teacher, whatever you can list on the list, I've yeah. done. Not to embellish or be proud of those titles because right. titles mean nothing, but mm-hmm. that service for God had been restored right. in my life. And so I was going to ask this question. Do you think, do you think you were a Christian while you were going down that dark path? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe I really did get saved at age 11 because I could see a difference, you know. Um, but I had grown so far away from God in my relationship that the only way that I felt comfortable with restoration was to commit my life completely to Christ, mm-hmm. you know, through asking for forgiveness and repenting of my sins, being saved, and being baptized. So I'll never say that I was saved twice because you can't be saved once and for all. That's it. Mm-hmm. I believe biblically that's that's what the Bible teaches. Um, so the way I look at it is if I was truly saved at age 11 and I got uh, thought I got saved at age 24, I made one mistake, right? Yeah. So I, I may have restored, tried to restore my relationship with Jesus and didn't need to, mm. but ultimately it made me feel better right. that I had truly repented of what it ha- what I had done. Because mm. I did some bad things, dude. Like, I mean, knife fights with people in bars, smashing people's faces in with my, my boots. Yeah, I'm never going to fight with Kevin. He's yeah, <laughs> um, which I wasn't trained in martial arts back then. I he is now, yeah. You can ask Tyler's brother, so... <laughs> But anyway, you know, uh, just bad things to people. Hit people with brass knuckles, you know, and, and the damage that I caused both intentionally and unintentionally to other people, I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. The consequences didn't matter to me. So let's talk about what are the consequences that you saw because of the things that you fell into? Okay, so... Maybe in the present time, what were the consequences you felt while you were in that dark place. Right. What, what were those consequences, you think? So I think a lot of the consequences um, that I didn't even realize back then was it was changing my, it was changing my brain, for one thing. Right. You know, between, I didn't realize that between Like mental health, kind of? Yes, because mm-hmm. from 18 to 25... Your, your brain is still... Your brain develops, a, it, has, it experiences a secondary development. You know, we develop up until the age of like 15 or 16, but then at 18 to 25, we develop a secondary uh, time. And so I think by the use of drugs and alcohol and speed and even, um, you know, other things at time pills, 
Man, that's um, so dangerous for a lot of teenagers. Dude, it, it really changes your brain structure. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially the kids are doing it at 14. Exactly. 15. Exactly. Um, and I think by that is why I experience bouts with depression and anxiety now. You know, I have to take um, medicine for my anxiety and depression now. Um, I contribute some of that uh, or most of that to those drugs and alcohol yeah. that I did in that in that time of my life. So that was one of the consequences right. was physical, um, mental health, physical health consequences. Um, and then, of course, there were some spiritual consequences that were experienced, whether I wanted to admit to it or not. Yeah. Um, you know, God um, did not approve of my disobedience. And by being so disobedient to God and not doing what is in his perfect plan or his mm-hmm. will, um, man, I was just messing up all kinds of people, right? right? I mean, I was messing up myself. I was messing up Debbie. I was messing up T. I was messing up everybody at the place I worked at, you know. And then on top of that, it was about to be a consequence over into my marriage because I was going to lie to my wife or then yeah. fiance marry her and then say oh yeah by the way i smoke weed every day mm-hmm. you know um how would that have gone over yeah probably not too good not a good start not a good start Mm-mm. to a marriage and and so you know had that happened the consequence could be that i i wouldn't have my two beautiful daughters right now right. you know mm-hmm. i wouldn't have been married for almost 24 years and so consequences that it caused for the future is in that Absolutely. and some other things there were present consequences yeah. there were future consequences you know, present consequences is I call physical harm to people under the influence. Right. Like I had all this bad influence in my life, and you know I was beating people down. I was, um, you know, my my buddy W was an awesome pool player. Like he mm-hmm. was, and he was one of the best I've ever seen. Um, but and so he would bet a lot right. on pool games. Yeah, and we would snooker people, and I was kind of like backup to watch his back because people that lost I mean somebody loses thousand dollars in a game you know which you had worked up to mm-hmm. they're pretty ticked off right good bodyguard so it was just about going to be a fight every time the stakes got that high it might be in the bar it might be out in the parking lot yeah but I mean just hundreds of instances like that mm-hmm. um, where people were physically hurt by my hands and feet mm-hmm. or head or whatever I use, you know. Right. Um, and I have a lot of guilt over that because uh, people don't deserve that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sin causes so much harm in our life, but to create physical harm, and we have a lot of that in our world today. People you know, live life with no thought of how right. it's going to hurt somebody else. Right. Um, but your influences that you have affecting you are going to affect uh, the outcome of how you live your life. I think everything you do is is impacting the now and it's, it's impacting forever because there, there are decisions that you can make and specifically I think some are in relationships. Um, there's like an Andy Minio lyric, I always quote Andy Minio, that says that uh, you know you may be married to your best friend but you're still going to think about those relationships back in the day and the mistakes and the closest that you were and that's not wrong because it's just how we are because those are memories we make. So be careful of the decisions and the memories and, you know, the influences that you fall into because it's going to have a forever impact on 
you know, <laughs> you as a person, not that Jesus can overcome that, right. but because we are fleshly, because we, you know, we're always going to have that guilt and that shame and that, that, um, the consequence of that as we should, because I think that's a, um, a just, you know, <laughs> a just consequence for us to have if we make those decisions. Well, and sometimes we wish we could forget, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I think you've heard the old saying, maybe you haven't, I don't know, I'm a lot older. The old I'm saying, old, yeah. This is the old <laughs> saying, um, that uh, if you don't remember history, you're doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it would be a good thing that we would forget yeah. where we have been in our life. Yeah. Um, but there are so many people that want to forget what they have done in their life right. because they have never experienced the forgiveness right. that is there for them through Jesus. Well, if you don't turn the loss into a lesson, that's right. then you know it's not worth it. It'll always be a loss. Yeah, and you have the opportunity to turn where you're at now or what you're, or what you're going to fail because you, we're all going to fail that's right. <laughs> every single day. But when we make the decision to turn that into a lesson, that's when it becomes beneficial to our life. And, you know... It's like having an aha, an aha moment. Like yeah. a light bulb comes up. You yeah. Know, it's like, man, I didn't realize that right. getting myself into that predicament or being disobedient would cause me so much joy yeah. out of the lesson that I received from it. You know? And also you have the opportunity as well to share that with other people influence others you know as a big brother that's something that yes you know i hopefully want to do for you know my little brother is right. i've done these bad things that i feel like that i don't want my brother to go through exactly. and it's so important that we take that and 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 help each other turn those potential losses into learned lessons before it even happens yeah. you know yeah. and even if you go into the loss you may be better prepared for it that's right that's why I think these podcasts are so awesome and why I've been excited to want to do this one because I think that the influences that you guys as young people um, have, you, you need to be aware of them and you need to be conscious of these consequences, but you also need to be conscious of how to get out. Right. And even though you may have these bad influences in your life, that God provides a way out, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that you have to ask for. It's not something that you're just automatically given. Right. Um, God doesn't beat our door down and uh, force us to take Him into our heart. Right. It doesn't happen that way. Right. You know. So you have all these bad uh, feelings in your lot, in your heart, and you're like, man, I just there's no way God could be big enough to forgive me. Or kicking somebody's face in or kicking their teeth out. I could see you doing that. I, I can. I mean, successfully, not like doing yeah, it now, yeah. but I could see you successfully pulling <laughs> yeah, that off. Yeah, I could pull that off. <laughs> but, um, you know, God, God is, is so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And young people don't realize that. They think that the, the peer pressures are too big or, you know, if they don't get caught, they'll be fine. No, you won't be fine. Right. You're messing yourself up whether people know about it or yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's mental harm, there's right. spiritual harm, there's physical harm. Right. You know, I've had three or four gut surgeries, and mm-hmm. I believe that, that I've had to have those because of the drugs that I put into my body. Right. I really do. So you would say that, would you say that you were pretty influenced by a lot of things during, you know, that, that point in time of darkness in your life? Yeah, so 
the influences that I experienced were not only um, like people and the drugs and the alcohol, but a lot of it was because of the environments that I put myself in. The placement. In. Yeah, the places that I went and the people that I hung out with. And so what I would say to that is that, yes, we are called by God to witness to the world. You know, we're called by God to change the world mm -hmm. as Christians. Yeah. But we're not called by God to be this Christian that wants to go to the bar every Friday and yeah. Saturday night because that's where their friends are. Right. Um, because those influences will eventually have an impact on you. Yeah, because I know there's so many people in high school that I know that, you know, are your typical, like, I know that you, you know Christ. I know that you've been transformed, but you go to these parties every single week, maybe because you're alone, maybe because, you know, that's... You want to be accepted, yeah, whatever. But you say, I'm not going to do what they do. Yeah. And hear about, like, a year later, I see them doing about the same things, dressing the same way, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's just for the sole fact of their influence of where you are in the atmosphere you are. You are who you hang out with. Yeah. And so, you know, as, as we're called to change the world and we're called to reach out to those people, we don't want to draw away from them or... Completely, uh, like, put a wall no, against no, us. No. Yeah. We don't want to unsocialize with those people yeah. or, you know... Well, that, that's like, you know, current topic is like, you know... I feel like there's a lot of Christians that solidify themselves against maybe the LGBTQ community. Sure. You know, right. We're still that's an example. To those people. Yeah, don't yes. block yourself away from that community just because, you know, they're they're in a different environment than we choose to be in. But there's still a line there. There's you know, line. Um, what we have to remember is that we're sinners. Yeah, all of us saved by grace, and that. Our choices um, sometimes can define what type of influence we are. And so, you know, yes, um, the gay community is sometimes, um, you know, picked on mm -hmm. because of the choices that they've made. But what we have to remember as Christians that we're called by God to love everybody. Mm -hmm. It says love your neighbor. It doesn't say love yeah. your heterosexual neighbor. Yeah. Right? Hey, there's a lot. Of, there, there, look, I'm just being real. There's a lot of Christians in the Bible Belt that will you know, make fun of these people, but then, you know, go drink on Saturdays and yes. then go on Sundays to church. And it's, it's just like, you're doing God the same eyes. thing. Yes, absolutely. You're being the same sinner that they are. And it's, it, you have no right to put yourself because we are all not, none of us are worthy. None of us are, right. none of us are worthy of what Jesus did for us. So never, you know, we, you always still have to socialize with people like that because that's the only way to show them Jesus's love. Um, you know, we've welcomed, uh, homosexual couples into our church before, yeah. but said, hey, you know, we don't accept... But we love you. We don't accept your actions, yeah. so we prefer... We, we're asking you not to do yeah. those here. Like, we don't it, want... It's a difficult topic, but it like... It is, but I'm saying, man, it's real. Yeah, it's real. But we want you to hear God's love yeah. because God loves you. Yeah. God loves you just as much as He does yeah. me. Um, but it wouldn't be any different than the than the drunk. Yeah. You know, hey, man, we want you in church. We're not going to let you drink your whiskey yeah. while you're sitting in the pew. Mm -hmm. But we want you to hear the love of Jesus, right? You know, or you know, for any other sin, mm -hmm. um, and pornography is mm -hmm. a good example. We're not going to let you sit on the back pew with your laptop in your lap while yeah. you're playing pornography yeah. in the church because yeah. the church is called to be mm -hmm. different yeah. than the world. So, yes, our influence is called for everybody, 
um, the good influence should be towards everybody, and we should never ostracize anybody for their choices. Mm-hmm. But um, consistency, I think, is the, the key. Absolutely. Like, if you place yourself into situations on a consistent basis, on a desirable basis, when it becomes a desire to go to these places, I think that's a, a key sign there, like, that you ain't going for the right reasons. Right. You know, right. because you're going to these places because you want to fit in or be alone, that's not the reason that you should be there because that's going to lead you down a bad path. It will. It will. You know, if you're called maybe once or twice to go to a place and be like, look, I just, I feel this burden for you and I want to make sure that you're okay. Like being a DD, you know, like making sure someone's okay. That's fine. But don't go to a party just because, oh, I'm just a DD. Yeah. Give them your cell number and say, call me. Yeah. You know, and I I believe so many people, so many people get trapped up in that. Like, and, and, you know, maybe it's not because you, um, are even, wanting to witness to people it's just christians especially in the bible belt are just we we place ourselves in bad situations all the time but you know for the wrong reasons yeah um and so it's important the environment that we place ourselves in it's it's our job to influence people for the kingdom you can't do that at a, a party where mm-hmm. everybody's drunk mm-hmm. you know nobody's going to remember what yeah. you told them jesus loved you maybe not going to the party might impact them more than i think it would yeah but again i think it is a little situational depending on what you're doing but you have to be very careful and that line that line is not set in stone but that line is there absolutely so i think a lot of people can relate to your testimony i think there's a lot of christians who can relate to your testimony of maybe falling off into darkness um that that they get into that area of life where they're just surrounded and you know guilt and shame comes and all that all that kind of stuff well i think it's i, I what what would you want to remind them so it's it's most important to remember and i i came up with this years ago um through my despair and guilt and and really uh, feeling like that i had abandoned god and mm-hmm. should feel guilty for it because that's where satan will put you he will make you feel like that you're not good enough for god to serve god so the thing to remember is anytime you sin or you're a bad influence or you've been influenced for bad then there's not a period at the end of your sentence mm. think of it like from a you know a punctuation standpoint all, you know all of us hated fifth grade English but there was something to be learned that when your period is at the end of a sentence that finalizes it right Mm -hmm. and then you're ready to start a new thought but if you see a comma what does that mean it means there's something to come and God puts a comma after all of our sins that that there's no finalization there because why God when Jesus was on the cross he said it is finished mm. and it is finished with him it's not finished by your sin right. and so god is so much bigger than all of our sins uh his grace his mercy his love is so much bigger than who we are as sinners that you know god doesn't even see our sin so when when we sin you know we're washed white as snow by christ what he did on the cross so god doesn't even see mm-hmm. what you do but that doesn't give you permission or justification to just go out and how live how yeah. you want. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to live like Christ lived. Right. And Christ was the prime example. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ lived um, a pure and holy, sin- sinless life. We can't do that, but we can attempt to. Yeah. 
and putting yourself at the party every Friday and Saturday night is not attempting to mm-hmm. live like Christ did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Christ changed the world. Right. And so don't tell, you know, I don't believe that you have to do the, in, be in a bad environment in order to change the world. Yeah. Right. You can change you may be, the world. You may, you may have situations where you need to be. Maybe so. But don't, you don't have to search, search for those out, you know. And I had this thought, this image, when you said, you know, that, that, every sentence has that comma just imagine when we get to heaven and you know or when we get to that that judgment seat and every sin that we commit you know there's going to be a comma after boom you did this boom you did this comma boom and you did this boom and you did this boom you did this but that last comma that last comma but comma but all of those things in your life in that story comma but that that contraction but yeah. took an eraser mm-hmm. and it made the paper white again says I know you and yep. you chose to know me yep. and I <laughs> I will forgive you of all of that and it's no longer part of your story because your story is my story that's right we are you know one we are together yeah. and, and and that's the light and you know when you're in the darkness sometimes it's really hard to believe that there is light mm-hmm. but you just have to keep the hope um, that it's there, um, and keep and keep the assurance that it is. Yeah. You know, God, God doesn't abandon us. Right. Uh, we abandon Him. Well, in First Timothy, you had a verse uh, plugged up here. I want you to reach that out yeah, for a second. So, um, um, for people who are aspiring to be the light, aspiring to be, um, you know, <laughs> an influence to other people in this right. dark world, what? You know what? What are the verses that you so prepared? There's a couple of verses that that I looked up about being a good influence. First Timothy four twelve uh, says, "Let no one despise you for your youth, uh, but set the believers an, ex- an example in speech and conduct and in love and faith and in purity." So that means you know, just no matter what age you are, you can still live with God's character mm-hmm. in your heart and in your life. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will su- suffer harm. Mm-hmm. You know, when you put yourself with people that are not living for Jesus, you're causing yourself harm whether you experience those consequences or not. So these verses encourage us to be a good influence on each other yeah. as well as other people. You know, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. And, you know, it says, mm-hmm. you better hear this. Yeah. Don't be confused. I'm telling you the truth. Bad company ruins good morals. Mm. If you hang around and are allowed to be influenced by bad company or bad influences, you will change. Be extremely careful. I mean, this fine line there. Because your eyes are the gateway to your heart and your soul. That's and right. Every single situation you put yourself in, I would say every single song that you listen to, every single, you know, film or movie that you listen to, every single TikTok that you watch, every single text that you sent or snap that you receive, everything that you put yourself in is going to have an impact on your heart because of the consistency of it in your life. That's right. The consistency of it in your life. Don't make it a habit. Do not make it a habit to surround yourself with darkness. Make a habit to surround yourself with godly influence. Darkness is nothing but chaos. Imagine yourself um, in a dark room looking for something Mm -hmm. um, after you had been spun around about 15 times. 
what happened when we were little kids we went to birthday parties and we put the bat on our head <laughs> yeah. and spun around and then hit the pinata yeah what would happen to you after you after throwing up well, yeah, well you'd throw <laughs> up first but you would feel like passing out or you'd yeah. fall and hit your head on the curb right yeah. I mean something would happen because yeah. you're so dizzy well that's the confusion and chaos that sin can cause in your life and you really just don't know what direction to go mm-hmm. Well, the direction you need to go is for the light switch. Right. Look for the light switch. God is there. The lamp unto my feet and yes. the light unto my path. Turn it on. Mm-hmm. And the way we turn the light on in our life is we ask Jesus into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and as where Jesus is, uh, where Jesus exists, there cannot be darkness. Yeah. There, there is no darkness where the light is. I don't know about you, but I've never seen. Do you, do you see any darkness out here right now? Uh-huh. You can't because God is <laughs> yeah. the sun. There's no darkness, right? right? Um, and so, where Jesus lives, darkness cannot, cannot. Well, in the daylight right now, um, we're, we're actually sitting in um, outside. I think it's cool imagery, like. You have to seek out the darkness. As the wasp, I'm yeah, the wa- there's a wasp that just hit me, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really interesting that, like you said, I don't see any darkness around, no. but there it's out there. It's you there. have to search. You have to put yourself and find it. Yeah. Right. And and you know, same way it's with choices. your life, same way with your lifestyle. What you're going to do in your life is going to have an impact on you and influence you, and you're going to be an influence to other people. So, really, young people, like, listen, take take from Kevin's story because his story is not one Kevin it's not one of regret and you shouldn't maybe you wish that it didn't happen but for this very moment in this very conversation there are people that are listening that hear it and are taking from it and I hope that you are inspired by it to live a different life if you're in high school hey don't go don't go down that road because that road's going to lead you down a dark path later it's going to bring you so much guilt and shame and consequence whereas if you chase the light now you're going to be so much farther than you would have ever been if you started now rather than later and you know if you're going to college right now look i know i know it sucks i know it sucks to be at home alone i know it sucks to see everyone else on your story going to have fun going to the parties going to drink going to do all that kind of stuff and you're the one sitting at home being doing what's right is a very lonely place it's extremely lonely place but being alone in those those good places and being in the light is so much worth it has so much more value than being in the darkness because you can see you have vision to see what's ahead you have an influence that guides you to the right path in life and you know if you're in the darkness right now if you're in the darkness look out because there is a light the light here's the thing the light is not something that you can reach okay the light is something that was given to you and it's given within yourself you have to open up you have to have the desire to accept that light inside of you so that your influence can shine to the world so that the influence can be in you if you're in the darkness if you are in the darkness this is my call to you to be different to chase light this is my call to you this podcast is for you be convicted to live a different life a life filled with light instead of darkness man kevin again i appreciate you being vulnerable i appreciate you being real and sharing sharing this story to um anyone listening i i I know someone took from it i hope so and 
you know, I didn't think about it, but this skull that we had behind us. Yeah, if you're listening on the podcast, we put a skull. Yeah, it's just an old bull skull I found out in West Texas one time. But, you know, there's a lot of truth behind that, that piece of bone there and how weathered it is and how broken it is and how, how many consequences it's, it's had from just being out in the elements. Um, it's a lot of truth behind that compared to our lives mm-hmm. as we allow negative influences or influencers to corrupt us and to weather us and to break us and the way that mm-hmm. sin treats you. Yeah. Um, and it's just so much better, as Tyler said, to look for the light, chase after it, and uh, let it shine through you. Well, Mr. Kevin, when you get to heaven and... You know, that judgment day will come yeah. and that list that he gives you, just know that that but you are mine. Yep. And that is the beautiful thought. And I, I can say the same thing and, and have joy in that. Um, but again, thank you, Mr. Kevin. Oh, yeah. Thank you for being on this podcast. And uh, I really hope you all enjoyed that. Remember, hey, this is the end of the podcast, but I want to tell you, okay, Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for your support. We have podcasts coming out every single Friday on YouTube, on every podcast listening platform. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public. There's, there's all kinds. There's all kinds. But remember, we're coming out with podcasts every single Friday that aspires to inspire, to give you life. Okay? So younger generation, y'all go live a life, a life influenced by the light. while we're young. Bang!